Hey, my dear listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm always really excited to actually know that there's people behind um, the audio, that there's people listening to this podcast. And I do think that we created another very interesting podcast episode today with Ruben Nieuwenhuis. See, the funny thing is, normally before I talk to people for the podcast, either we have a quick call or I simply email back and forth with them to really get to know them. And then I always ask for people's CV or a bio. But with this bio, I was really confused and it got me dizzy actually, because this man seemed to do pretty much everything. He's the director of Tech Connect, which is a tech talent program to activate and educate underrepresented groups into tech and IT jobs. He's also a book author. He's a social entrepreneur and the founder of like 100 startups and companies. And he sits in many different advisory boards. And he also seems to be the driving force of just about a thousand initiatives. So during the interview, you can actually hear me ask, so how do I describe your job, right? It's horrible for a host if you don't have any good job description. And he laughs at me like he should. And then I decide to call him an octopus, which made sense for a while during our conversation until we both realized that it didn't. He's not an octopus at all. He does something completely different. If you just listen in, I'm sure it will become clear. I know I sound confusing now. He also gives some really interesting insights in how his career path went from being a small guy into being a big guy here uh, and doing all these things, right? And he essentially shares that where he started in a tech industry, because he wanted to help it grow, because he saw opportunities, because that's simply where his talent was. He also realized at some point that he was helping an industry that was very, very exclusive. There were white persons working there, mostly white males. And he saw, I'm helping something grow that doesn't feel good. I want things to be more inclusive. I want things to be more equal. And so he radically changed gears and he explains how and why. Um, and he also explains why he's so committed to that diversity nowadays and how he tries to reach just that. Um, and then there are some more practical tips, like how he combines all of these jobs without being busy. busy. And he says, it typically takes me two minutes per task a day. Well, I found that very interesting. Hope you do too. And then he also says that he sometimes forces himself to read books or listen to podcasts that make him feel really uncomfortable or, you know, just listening to things that in the first five minutes you think, I really don't want to listen to that. And finally, he shares why as a good leader, you should be in touch with both the people high up and then the lowest, so to speak, audience that you're working with. So perhaps it's staff, perhaps it's a target audience. And he says, we need to do this in order to understand the whole. And I thought that was very inspiring, especially if we live in a very fragmented world where we see more and more the niches, but not the whole, right? Everyone becomes a very typical expert. The one is good in tech, the other is good in communication, and we all work in different departments. And he says, that's actually the wrong way. Hope you will like the episode. Let us know how you like it. Uh, either do so on iTunes or you can please do um, send us a nice 
DM on Instagram or follow us on Instagram. Would be nice to get in touch. The Instagram account is at joinhatch. Talk to you soon or let's be in touch next episode. Bye. Today, we have as a guest in the beautiful Soho House in Amsterdam, that's where we're recording today, we have Ruben Nieuwenhuis with us. And Ruben is an entrepreneur. Um, he's also an entrepreneur in residence, acting as the director of Tech Connect. Um, he was a former director of many things. See, this bio, I tried to summarize it, Ruben, but it's impossible because you've you have the most broad range of tasks and responsibilities and functions. So I'm just going to kind of read through it and then hopefully we'll work through it together. Okay, I, work... I look forward and then I can use that. Let's say summary or something. Uh, and then we will re record the perfect session. And Let's then if you have to introduce yourself, you can just use my voice, yeah? Uh, you were a former director of Startup Amsterdam. You were a driving force in connecting the leading Dutch startup initiatives and tech clusters into a catalyst program. And that was called Startup Delta. Mm -hmm. And as current rules, I kind of grabbed these all over the place. So you're the director of Tech Connect, which I just said, and that's a tech talent program to activate and educate underrepresented groups. So these include women, people from deprived areas, people from all different ethnical backgrounds, Gen X, and you kind of lead them or support them mm -hmm. going into tech and IT jobs. And there's an ambitious goal, namely 50,000 people in the Amsterdam metropolitan area in the coming four years. Yeah. Then you're also... Um, involved in the educating cities and countries to grow as a tech hub, advising cities via setting up keystones, keystone teams in Cologne, Montreal, Ukraine. You provide workshops and expert advice to Albania, Copenhagen, Trentino. And I think you also wrote a book about this topic, exactly. right? Exactly. Startup yes. Cities, yes. Yeah. Together with Bas Beekman, by the way, my companion. Wonderful. Yeah. So we'll talk about the book as well. And then you have different board roles in educational initiatives like CODEM, FutureNL, Chair Entrepreneurship Minor of the University of Amsterdam, which I am mm -hmm. affiliated to, so mm -hmm. yay. Growth Tribe Academy Tech Rounds. Um, and then you have a whole background also in other startups and innovation projects that you were involved in. The Dutch Basecamp, you were the founder there. Um, the current Future NL, which was called Code Uur. There you were co-founder. Open Cities, Fellow Force, Amsterdam Capital. It's really, it's really a lot. It is a lot. So how do you bring that in one week, eh? working week or Seriously, five working days? Seriously, you yeah. will have yeah. to explain that mm. to us. But first, you have to explain me one first question, because mm. this is the thing mm. that I always ask. Before you became all this, I'm not sure what word we can use to that. Before you became this octopus, mm -hmm. let's call you an octopus. Mm -hmm. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, so I wanted to, um, it, it depends a bit what age, you know, obviously I wanted to become a professional soccer player somewhere in, 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 in my childhood, but I wanted to work um, with mentally ill people, actually. That was at age 17, 18, that was my career path. Hmm. And then I was uh, applying for that uh, study. And then I remember like uh, five to 12, I decided to go into another direction. So I decided not to go into that study path, going working with mentally ill people, and then chose more the economic 
route. So then uh, studied uh, at university in, in, in uh, Nijmegen and I grew from there. So, but that's, I mean, that's a big hop over. It's huge. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What made you change path? I don't know. It's sometimes you just, you know, you go into another path and at the end of the day, there's so many, let's say, um, paths that brought me where I'm right now. Coincidences. Um, um, I don't know. Sometimes it was by vision, like, hey, I want to go that direction. So it's a bit more by purpose that you are where you are. I, I don't remember. Um, it is also, you see your parents doing what they do, and then it's like, okay, let's go into that, let's say, background. So my mother was helping people. Was um, um, uh, It was her, uh, she was a sister in, you know. The, in like a nurse? Mentally. Yeah, mm. like a nurse. And she um, also was helping people in Poland with, you know, uh, food and with, with clothing and so on. So that is maybe the societal, let's say, me that is now doing yeah. all the things that I do. Yeah, because, I mean, we were joking, it's too broad, but there is, I think, a red thread or a red line, and that is the transformation towards greater opportunities, mm -hmm. bringing companies and individuals to a higher level. That That's how, how I... And then you ha you seem to have a focus on education, um, young people, vulnerable groups, kind of. So, so the people that perhaps need that opportunity and mm -hmm. who don't have the first step on the ladder, yeah. you give them the first step. Yeah, but that is now. So this is the last four years. But yeah. prior to that, like, it was Startup Amsterdam was um, uh, the ambition to have Amsterdam as a top three tech hub. Yeah. Top three Europe, top five globally. Yeah. So that was all about uh, in the privileged, let's say, white environment, uh, building companies, making money, yeah. going 10x and so on. What interested you there? It's the, it's the ambition to make it work. It was also the network effect. It was uh, in during those days, if we would not be successful, then Amsterdam would pull be pulled from, I, I think we were eight or ninth on that list to 15. 20. So it's that network effect. Either you, you know, reach top three or you go below, you know, top 10. So that had nothing to do with, let's say, the vulnerable side of society. No. Uh, even it was empowering more uh, or less diversity. It was empowering uh, uh, inequality and so on and so forth. So Because most of the people working in the tech industry are white, yeah. male. Yeah. yeah. It's creating a monoculture. It's creating like that is um, becoming not affordable anymore, like houses, uh, offices in, you know, these centers in Amsterdam and, and other places. So it was negatively impacting the, the groups and the people I now play my role, try to uh, mm. make a difference. Yeah. Did you see that as such when you were working in it or were you just... During. Yeah. Yeah, underway. It was like... First, you are like you see a city in need of um, going to a next phase. And then that is a societal problem in itself. So then you, uh, and I was invited by uh, then Kaiso Longren uh, and by Bas to play my role, to bring in my expertise. And then we said, okay, let's come with this you know, ambition and make it work. And then I was being invited as an entrepreneur in residence, private lead. And we were 
You know, we were just so that that means that you're being hired, but yeah. you can still do your own thing. No, not at all. So I had to stop doing everything I did and being hired as an let's say neutral force and uh -huh. really be impactful. So I was an autonomous, and you know, I, I I needed to be autonomous. So I I did a lot of stuff before, but then I had to stop with everything like uh, code, code your future now yeah. with Dutch Basecamp, all these things. Um, I was stepping out of these boards and my roles, and just for four years I was in that role together with Bas. And Bas is the co-author. Yeah, the co the co yeah. yeah, my comp comp company yeah. in, in startup Amsterdam. And then in I think one year, one and a half year, you see the flip side of tech. You see the flip side in society. You see the flip side um, everywhere in the world. You see, We saw the Mona culture. We saw San Francisco peeping, you know, laying on the street outside next to the, the Twitter building. Uh, you saw housing prices rising. You saw people, white people in panels discussing diversity. I know, yeah. I've, uh, yeah. You know, the, the, I've seen that a lot in, in academics as exactly. well. Yeah. yeah. You know, very rich people flying to Geneva to discuss urban poverty and climate change. There you go. There you go. Very interesting. And then it's like... Um, it's exploring, okay, what is needed to really make it sustainable, to make it work for everyone, everybody in society. And then I was just reaching out to so many people. And one conversation was some sort of a turning point, which was the conversation with Marlene Sticker I from VAG Society. And we had a conversation. And VAG Society for the international listeners, it's yeah. like an institute that does a lot on Internet, Marlene um, wrote a book uh, called The Internet is Broken, but yeah. we can still fix it on privacy, on security, on um, exclusion, racism, all these things that still exist. Basically on we don't understand shit mm. about algorithms and about the way in which Facebook works. And we still, we need to make it more democratic, right? And so the VAG, they do a lot. They do also more on... Um, um, biohacking, exactly. they have trainings there, but they do a lot about future perspectives, online work, etc. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and the book is a must read. It's like, uh, we had that conversation and then we were discussing like platform economy, sharing economy, these topics. And then she was emphasizing that it was not the promise that it was. And uh, she was discussing this. The internet wasn't the promise exactly, that it was. Like, yeah. like, uh, and also like companies doing good or companies making profit. Um, what is the flip side of Airbnb? Yeah. Although I was a host and a user, um, she was bringing the topic of commons, like the data being activated in, in our city. Does it belong to the companies or does it belong to we as society, as people? So there was a lot of conversation we had and it was like, uh, there is now also my responsibility not only to grow it as an ecosystem, but to understand fully the flip side and then to, in a way, do something about it or mm. to at least fully understand it. And and uh, obviously that, that took me two or three years because Parallel was working on becoming top three. Yeah. We did, by the way. Um, and, you know, after that period, I was like, okay, now the next phase is to um, work on the flip side. So that's a bit like how how the trajectory uh, yeah, that makes well, sense. Yeah. And what do you what do you like? What inspires you most, or what do you like most about the current job? So working on the flip side side. Um, it's it's um, you know, 
when I look back, it's a bit similar to what I did before. So I'm mm. in these spaces where I try to understand the problem, try to understand the obstacle, try to understand with what idea can we make change? Can we make transformation? Then think and create this business model, model and then uh, invite people to really work on it, to take the lead, you know, build this team, include partners, and then let it grow from there. And then I go do something different. Like Future Now, we did it, and there, there was this um, awesome director who took it from there. Uh, Dutch Basecamp, same happened. Student Investment Fund, same happened. Uh, um, yeah, so you don't, you don't want to stay there forever. Exactly. You just want to work on the growth or the start of the first exactly. step exactly. on the ladder, and then they can do it themselves. And that is exactly what I'm doing right now. So in when it comes to the working approach, this is what I like. Then from a topic perspective, obviously, um, it is... Um, um, how to say, I was thinking like, it's cool, it's exciting, it's uh, heartwarming to really help, um, yeah, people on the vulnerable side of society. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say uh, a bit more on that uh, yeah. later, but I think I have the same uh, feeling of overism or, yeah. or whatever you, you, you call it, you know, five years or 10 years ago when it came to other topics. So it's it's... It's not something better than four years ago. It's just another topic to transform or to innovate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. so for example, if you have you speak of underrepresented groups, right? And mm. underrepresented in a lot of areas, I can imagine, but but also in the tech mm. field, and they go into a talent program. Exactly. Yeah. And where are you involved in then? In in mm. the talent program or in selecting these people, or are you more the the overview. Yeah, so it's guy. both. It's both. So what I, what I do, I do uh, workshops on a weekly basis with my students. I um, empower the management teams in all these initiatives to uh, build a company, an organization. Uh, one of the organizations is a foundation, Tech Me Up. It's a fund for people that cannot afford to do a reskill. Um, uh, when it comes to tech rounds, it's also a foundation, but we will grow to a social enterprise. And it's helping the management team to grow the business model, to grow the team and to build a sustainable model to scale that to the next phase. Mm -hmm. But I am active on operational level with people, individual people to understand the target groups, the audiences, to understand the processes, to uh, figure out, you know, in the entire aspect, social context, what the problem is to solve yeah. and how to play a role to, to solve it. Yeah. Solve it. Um, what so, I, what yeah. I really liked about what you just said, that thing on the flip side. Mm -hmm. So I was trained as an anthropologist and as a futurist. And in my future scenario work, one of the very simple things that I always recommend everybody to do if you work in a company or if you're making plans is we call that, I think, the second layer. Mm -hmm. It's like you think of a realistic future scenario or of a not so realistic future scenario, but you just imagine what might happen if we do this. We grow the business, right? Mm -hmm. We grow the business. It becomes bigger. We have not 10, but 50 staff members. Mm -hmm. And then you think of the impact on different fields, like what will be the impact for the economy, for the canteen lady, for, I don't know, you know, do we need more toilets? I'm just 
coming up with stupid examples, but you think of the different things. And then you think, and what would be the impact of that? So it's like a second layer. So, okay, so we grow, that would need more staff members, that needs a bigger building. What would be the impact? Hmm, people will have to drive further from their house because we now have that bigger building. You know, so you you, you go one level beyond and that often brings you to the flip side. Exactly. And then you can at least anticipate or consciously choose if you still want to do that. Exactly. And then it's, um, I, I think this is now in our current uh, um, generation or time is to understand all the consequences yeah. on all aspects, like gentrification, like, okay, then we bring, you know, these underrepresented groups into society, into this part of let's say, the, the labor market. What is the effect on housing prices then in such an area? How is Zuidoost, Amsterdam, you know, the south of Amsterdam different from New West? How is it different from Zaanstad-Poelenburg? Mm. How is it different from Rotterdam-Zuid? How, how, when we are successful with our private, let's say, educational system, how will that influence the public IT programs? Um you know, and so on and so forth. So it's like you were asking the question, what am I doing? So I really, first, I, I really try to understand what the entire topic is all about. Mm -hmm. um, and that is by being super operational. So with my compagnon in TechConnect, we did the first year, the, the entire year, hundreds of experiments. Like, you know, um, organizing events, being in all kinds of communities and to figure out the problem. And, um, and and to really get a feel for what is yeah, happening. Yeah, and yeah. it was on individual basis. So then you receive, you know, uh, text messages from people and then you understand how, you know, uh, behind every person there are these stories. Like um, I was a dropout because of poverty, uh, you know, at, and, and I did not have this computer or this laptop. And therefore at university, I could not play a role in a group assignment and then I dropped out or, you know, my father or mother became sick. I had to take care. So there I had this career. And so, and then you try to understand all these reasons, all these backgrounds, and then you try to figure out, Hey, what is a persona? So, ah, this is a group. This is like, this might be thousand people or 10,000 people. And how can we then reach these people? Mm -hmm. And this is something. So just to give a really kind of, um, shallow example that it might mean that if you get 150 text messages of people who said, well, I, I didn't have a laptop and that was... Yeah, yeah, then it's... Then it, you understand, yeah. well, then we have to make sure that people get access to tech, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it is like you can... When you are working operationally with all the, let's say, uh, with the team and with the people, with the target, you know, audience in a way, not, by the way, not only uh, with the students, but also with the organization, mm -hmm. then you receive all these let's say, hidden messages, like hidden um, remarks, like, ah, this might be the obstacle. Ah, this might be what is really... For example, needed. why an organization would not hire someone exactly. from Gen X. Yeah. yeah. And then when you understand, you can then steer it and you can, uh, you know, make changes to the business model. And then ultimately, then you can step back. So this is coming back to my bio. It's, it's a lot, but a lot I already stopped doing. Like yeah. from boards, I stepped out yeah. it's on itself, uh, it's moving its way. And now... I try, I'm, I'm one of the new things I'm, I'm 
working in uh, is food and bringing, creating this short food chain from local farmers to uh, deprived areas of people with a small wallet and yeah. to make that work. And that helps because then I understand even better communities yeah. being poor, eating not healthy. And that helps in understanding, you know, the target groups, reaching the target groups and how I can create some sort of a career or a career path or, and so on and so forth. So is that coming back to your question? It's both on a strategic tactical level, but it's also super operational. Mm, so if you're in the midst of all this and in the midst of the tech world, especially, um, and then also working with people, what, you know, in these times of robotization, polarization, mm. AI, etc., mm. what keeps humans on the right track when it comes to work on what we value? I mean, where, where should we go into and where should we stay away from? So, um, super tough question. I know. It's, you know, because you tend to give a, let's say, over-engineered answer to mm -hmm. the what. But I I think we should uh, create some sort of a process answer. Mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, uh, one of the things that keep us on track is that we keep on learning and that we start unlearning. What keeps us on track is that we read books that feel uncomfortable. What keeps us on track is to... Um, you know, step into communities that we have never been. Um, I think, you know, so, and to organize around yourself and around your social context, this process that will then lead to better choices or new choices or the good choices. Mm -hmm. Because for me, when it comes to AI, robotics and all these topics, um, I have so many questions. I don't know what's good, what's not good is like, and I'm now creating this context around myself with new friends, with new insights, with other books, with other podcasts. And then I try to then understand it, play my, and then play a role. So I think. And also the unlearning, I think, is interesting yeah. what you say, because we work a lot with companies and, and leaders or uh, people in the companies who want to become future proof. And then unlearning things is so uncomfortable as yeah, well yeah. because you're just so used to it that we hardly ever question whether it's really working for it, for us. Yeah, it's it's like, uh, it's a, a word that was being used by a friend of mine, Peter van Sabe. He first came with that, with that, let's say, almost a definition. It's one word, but it's a definition. And I give you one example. You have this book uh, from Rutger Bregman. Mm. I don't know how it's in English, but uh, the meeste mensen deugen. Uh, yeah, it was translated to English, so I'll, I'll look it up and, and put it in the show notes. Yeah, so a friend of mine read it, and he was uh, super enthusiastic. And I was like, I'm not going to read it. It's, you know, the, the cover is what it, you know, what it says inside. I, I don't have the time for so many pages. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, I read it. I said, okay, let's read it. And then I understood the reason why you should read this book is that there are all kinds of researches um, that are put in a new context, yeah. in a new understanding. And we based you know, some of our system choices on these researches. And now we see that these researches should uh, have a new interpretation. Yeah. And um, basically his argument is where we often think like, People fight on scarcity and we have this innate 
badness in us. Exactly, exactly. It's the other way around. We are essentially good, but we make very bad decisions. And if we get into competition or scarcity thinking or fear, then we turn into bad people. But innately, we're good. And there's actually another, but more academic, but but perhaps even more dense book about it. It's by Nicolas Christakis, mm -hmm. Blueprint. And he shows that in the human blueprint, mm -hmm. in the brains, it's actually a model to help each other. So it's it's basically the same. They're probably, I probably Rutger found inspiration from yeah, Christakis. It's wonderful. And these, you know, these are new insights. So that um, sets to unlearning. Same goes with um, even the topic of diversity and inclusion is now a topic that is even being polarized. Yeah. Like the people that... Um, It goes to two wide ends, right? Yeah, because now the, the diversity even is a topic. You know, mm -hmm. there's people with diversity and have to bring everyone into the work, uh, you know, working space. Is it not only about talent? So even there, um, we need unlearning. So um, I think coming back to your question, there's a lot of unlearning to do as well in order to you know, find ways to make it work. Yeah. But let's not come with, uh, let's say, answers, but with, let's say, engineered answers, but with a process answer. And so that begets questioning. Exactly. Open mind, flexibility. Yeah. yeah. So what did you have to learn mm. most? Because now you sound like, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm good mm. at, etc. What did you have to learn most to get there, you think, in your career? Um, uh, one of the things that I saw, uh, some sort of insight, I don't know, uh, let, let's see if I can answer the question, but what I, uh, what was an insight that somewhere in your career, all these learnings and all these skills are coming together and then this is leverage. And then you can do in one hour, you can be as productive as, you know, X4 or X6. So whatever you see in my bio is like, for me, it's five minutes Uh, um, you know, talking with Ukraine and then 10 minutes later, I can have a conversation with someone from Albania. I can use that knowledge. And so you can be super uh, productive. Yeah. So I think um, this is one of the things that I saw is there, there are uh, steps in your career or your life path that things come together. It's yeah. some sort of a Eureka and then, you know, it's, it's it huge steps. Um, coming back to The question, what I need to learn, I, I don't know what I needed to learn. Maybe it, these are words like unlearning as a word. And then it's like, ah, now I fully understand what it means. And then you can actively do something with mm -hmm, it. Same mm -hmm. with a decentralization. You know, crypto is this fascinating space with NFTs, with, um, let's say. Can you explain for the listeners who don't know what NFTs are? It's, it's a digital right. Yeah. And then for so instance, you can buy it for art, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. And you buy an artwork, it only exists online. You, you will never have it in your hands, but you have the right to it or to a certain meme even. Exactly. Right? And then the question, and even when you talk metaphors, like metaphors, one of these words, like uh, the, the combination of the physical, virtual, uh, augmented world, what does it mean? You know, I, I, so we try to understand, we, you know, the people that are already thinking about these topics, and I'm sure we don't know yet. We have to. So what did I learn is to, to step into these new areas and then to just study 
to have all kinds of conversations with people with different backgrounds, with different angles, with different opinions, and then come to the right questions to ask mm. or to understand what are the communities where I need to listen or where are the communities that I need to speak. Because sometimes you have, you know, your role to, you know, pull a community into that new topic. So there yeah. will be, you know, early phase. So I don't know if it exactly answers the question, but... I think uh, it does is, because yeah. now I'm thinking... I started by kind of introducing you as an octopus, thinking you have all these tentacles, like you have these all these arms by which you do different things. But now it also sounds like you're connecting not just people, but also ideas. So you you get the ideas from this community and then you link that in your head with something that you're doing on another level. Exactly. And the thing is that, you know, I thought uh, three or four years ago when I started with TechConnect, um, like, okay, when I bring these people into IT jobs, they can stay um, living in their areas in Amsterdam. But even that is not the case anymore because houses are too expensive. So we have to understand why that is happening and how we can solve that problem, like understanding inflation, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, understanding how can you also bring assets and you know, have have... Um, assets as a part of your portfolio. How can I educate people in, you know, creating uh, a more asset-based, I don't know, lifestyle on, uh, almost. So, and and what do you mean with that? Because say that we have a listener from an underrepresented group, yeah. and he or she is thinking, what asset? Tell me, how do I collect assets? What what would you recommend? Um, so I let's not do financial advice. But let me just bring you to, uh, you know, a conversation I had two, uh, two days ago. It was an evening session. It, it might help. Yeah. We have the scarcity in our labor market, for instance, of people that are constructing our houses. Yeah. And so then we thought, like, how can we create in communities and educate people into this construction labor? Mm -hmm. And then not only educate them for free in order to have them, you know, working in this you know, this job, but also then provide them with the opportunity to have a, a mortgage and to say, okay, we educate 10, 10 persons from New West. Uh, they will receive a free education plus a um, um, 30 square meter. It's, you know, studio we, apartment, studio apartment uh, you know, we deliver at Costco. They will receive a mortgage via a bank And uh, they have to build it themselves. So then we provide them not only with a new job, with new skills, but also with an asset, with a house. And these people cannot afford these houses in these areas. So then you will solve a multi-angle hmm. problem. This is one of the examples. You know, you have this fantastic example uh, in Jacksonville, like all corporations, corporation for the housing markets, corporation for... Um, for food, like local farmers, uh, it's, it's Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to write it down in the show notes. I'll Google it so that I have a link or something. And, and you know, it solves problems. So I was, I'm now on this topic like, hey, we might need to grow to a cooperative economy, but then how does that work? So again, I don't have it specifically the answers, but this is um, um, You, what I try to understand, and then I can really specifically answer a question for an individual. What should I do? And so do you think, because I typically ask people, what do you think future-proof companies or leaders need when it comes to capabilities or strategies? 
Uh, and a lot of people say, well, they need to dare and take risks because mm. the future is so uncertain or they need to become more inclusive. But I now hear you say something different. I haven't mm. heard that. It also has to do with having a holistic view or like yeah, yeah. understanding yeah. all yeah. these trends that are going on. Yeah, so um, obviously new leaders should be entrepreneurial. They should understand the art of entrepreneurship in all aspects. Uh, there are a lot of managers out there and they really don't know what it is to entrepreneur or to be entrepreneurial. But on a more holistic, let's say, answer, it's the unlearning and it's the adoptable and adaptable mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, it has all kinds of different wording like growth mindset, etc. Sure, but yeah. it's the ability to imagine. Yeah, we say flexible mindset. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's even like the ability to imagine um, and to be super active on those new topics. So you really need to be then curious. You need to have you know, the, the, the art of imagination, because then it will lead to new areas. The, the, the last thing, you should operate on a micro level with the people, with the, I don't know, it might be engineers, you know, talking about Elon Musk, he is with his engineers working on the stuff and he is, you know, doing the strategic stuff. It's like, it's, you go hyper, um, um, Local, and then you go hyper, let's say, strategical. Mm -hmm. These abilities are needed in order to provide a, a, no, a setting to make it work and to make things sustainable and also to make it, let's say, have a positive impact next to the economical impact. I think those two need to you know, uh, flow together. Like TechConnect, uh, one thing to say, we have this economic opportunity. It's valued, economic value for both companies and people, and that creates society, societal value. That mm -hmm. is the business model. Yeah, and I think for listeners, because I know we have some managers who are listening mm -hmm. with their whole team, which is always nice, so they use this podcast to get inspiration. And sometimes it might sound a bit intimidating, like, oh, I have to be curious and I have to be... Mm -hmm have to have this flexible mindset, but I also find it always very encouraging that those are typically capabilities that you can actually train, grow, and develop. Exactly. So it's, that's possible. Um, I'm not saying everybody is born with the natural mm -hmm. talent, but you can open up your mind. You can learn to deal, to become more resistant, right? When things have to change, you can learn to develop with your company a more mm -hmm. reiterative strategy where you take small steps and then are able to turn back if it doesn't work. So... That's the good news. Yeah. Um, you already mentioned a couple of, because we have to round it up, but you mm. already mentioned a couple of great tips. Like I wrote down Marlene Sticker, uh, Rutger Brechman's book, uh, The Jacksonville Co Cooperative Economy. Mm -hmm. Do you have any more like books or podcasts or films or quotes that inspired you in your sure. work? Sure. Um, so one of the podcasts um, is the All In podcast. Mm-hmm. All in podcast. I don't know that. It's it's on a weekly basis. Four guys. Um, uh, it, there's no gender diversity in this this group of people, and they <laughs> discuss topics. Um, it can come go from Afghanistan to uh, vaccines to uh, new ways of you know funding and so on and so forth. So every Friday morning or Saturday morning. So I wake up at 6 a.m. and then I wake up with the with the podcast. Like mm. it, it lands. I think. 5.30 a.m. or so, and then, you know, it's one and a half hour. They go extensively in all kinds of topics. And you find them wise. It's, guys. you know, these guys are investors. They are serial entrepreneurs, and they have deep dives, like real deep dives, 
on the topics and they have different opinions. Mm. So it's like, it's a group of people. So you see all angles and they have different, let's say, backgrounds. So one is a researcher coming from all the data. One is a super entrepreneur, like a social entrepreneur coming from out of the funding dynamics. Another is more like a COO builder coming from like, okay, but then how can you grow things from there? So it's all perspectives on all kinds of topics. And um, yeah, super great. inspiring. And yeah. what is fun to just, then I share this within my you know, group of friends or, and then there are always the people like these four guys, you know, I shut down the podcast for after 50 minutes. It's like, it's also like even, you know, this tool, something you have to just, you know, just listen to the podcast, do it for two, three or four weeks. And then, you know, uh, you leave it at that, but then you learned or um, it's something that you, you know, internalize in your, mm-hmm. I don't know. And even there, I many times disagree with, with, you know, what they say, but then it's just this open mind and try to, let's say, not embrace it as an, you know, the ultimate podcast. It's just a tool. Yeah. Anyways, all in podcast. Wonderful. It's a great advice. Thank you so much. I I have that sometimes with the Sam Harris podcast where I don't always agree. Not always. Sometimes, because I do Mm -hmm. find that he's very smart on many topics, but sometimes I don't really like it, but still... I just try to listen to it and try to, it's also an empathy kind of exactly. training, right? Where you yeah. go like, what might be true in what he says? Just or, listen. It's yeah. it's even that, like the art of not Open. bringing your opinion during the listening, just listen. Yeah. Let it just come in. Wonderful. Um, thank you so much for sharing all this knowledge and information. And um, thanks to you, listeners, for listening to the episode of the Unmachine Yourself podcast with Ruben Nieuwenhuis. And if you find his story inspiring, then please feel free to just share it with your own network to that one friend or colleague who really just needed to listen to this one. Um, And because of all that sharing, we might get the ripple effect going. And I think that's needed because we do more need more future-proof leaders, more future-proof organizations, more thoughtful leaders, I would say, more people who really think and do not know and are open about not knowing and learning and unlearning. Um, You'd make me happy. It's not a very humble request, but with a good review in iTunes because that makes the podcast easier to find. Um, So if you have an iTunes app in your phone, that's helpful. If not, no worries. I'm just happy that you're listening. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.